1: This person asked, who's your boyfriend again? And I said, Kevin, you met him a couple of years ago when we first started dating. And I took out my cell phone to show this individual Kevin's face and it immediately dropped. And I, in that instant, knew he knew something. And I walked up to him and I grabbed him by the shoulder and I said, please tell me who she is. I know you know. And he's like, I don't want to get involved. And I said, tell me who she is please. I said, this is my life. I was like, I have been waiting for this. And um, he reluctantly pulled out his cell phone and showed me a photo, um, a profile picture on Facebook of a gal whose name was Lori. And that was what I had been looking for, Donna, all those nights of laying awake, staring at the ceiling, you know, kind of taking just subconsciously taking a deep breath and just going (laughs) and You know, my ex, Kevin, saying, what's wrong, what's wrong again? It was just this wait. At one point in time, my ex had bought a sports car, and prior to this, Donna, I got up at four o'clock in the morning, slid out of bed, grabbed the keys, went into our garage, and opened up the trunk of his car, and like a crazy person, dug through the trunk of his car, looking for anything and everything. The glove compartment was pretty clean, but I just needed to look for something. Kevin at this time kind of started recognizing that I had started to dig through his work laptop bag. Um, I was shuffling through papers, just thinking that at any point in time I could find something to tie him and his behavior to this feeling, that cloud that was hanging over me. So fast forward to to the nightclub. Um, it is yeah mid August of 2017. So. Um, I take a screenshot of Lori's profile picture. Kevin um, was out with some friends, and I screenshot it to him. And I send to him her photo, and I said, "Do you want to tell me who Lori is?" And he replied almost immediately, and he said, "What?" And I said, "Tell me who Lori is." And he um, just said, "Where are you?" And I said, "I'm already on, in an Uber on the way home." So I. Was completely, almost psychotically calm during this time because I had gotten what I was looking for and I was going to force him to admit to me what he had been doing.
2: I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. This is the story of a woman whom we'll call Melissa. It is her tale of betrayal that went on for seven years, after which she did force some measure of accountability. To protect her privacy and the privacy of everyone involved, names have been changed. The story starts when Melissa moved to a new city after earning her bachelor's and master's degrees. She was working full-time in IT and earning extra money to pay off her grad school loans as a nightclub bartender. At age 31, she had a lot of friends, but had not dated anyone seriously in four years.
1: I felt like all the components of my life were where they needed to be other than I was really kind of um, looking for a mate and kind of starting to miss that special someone.
2: Melissa had always been a social butterfly and made time for fun and friends. She was invited to a birthday party where she saw a man that she'd noticed previously at her gym.
1: Extremely athletic and well-built, almost to the point of being so athletic and well-built that it was almost intimidating or just like, wow, that person must just spend 15 hours a week in the gym and that, that's his whole life.
2: We'll call the man Kevin. Melissa approached him at the party, said she recognized him from the gym, and asked him about himself.
1: What do you do? for? Are you a personal trainer? Are, are you a, a lifting coach? He said, no, I actually work in corporate finance. I remember I kind of giggled and said, oh, wow, and you're smart as well. So that was kind of what opened the floodgates.
2: Their first date was at a Mexican restaurant. Kevin was a complete gentleman. He was more quiet and reserved than Melissa, but that was okay because she liked to talk. Kevin was attentive. He got to know her friends. Even though he really didn't care for fish, Kevin took her out to nice seafood restaurants, which Melissa loved.
1: It was great, actually. This was kind of like the person that I thought I'd finally met my person and was excited to, you know, continue forward on this trajectory and see where this relationship was going.
2: Were there any red flags early on? Nothing caused Melissa any concern at the time. Looking back, however, she realizes there were a few clues about problems to come, starting with one of their early dates at a seafood restaurant.
1: My ex, Kevin, had a pretty unique body shape just because he was so big and muscular. He kind of almost looked like a professional football player. Um, We sat down at the restaurant and the waiter looked at us and said, oh, you guys are back again. And I remember turning to him and we hadn't been dating more than a couple of weeks officially. So there was nothing I could get mad about. But clearly he and I had not been to this restaurant before. And I just turned to him kind of irritated, but with a smirk on my face. And I remember I said to him, do you come here often, especially since he didn't care for seafood? There was another time we were driving in his vehicle and you know, random area number, cell phone numbers from our area code would show up on his phone. And I remember saying, why does this person keep calling you? And he was like, oh, this isn't one of the admins at, he works for a major healthcare company, um, global, probably a top fortune 50 company in the world. And so, well, one of the admins is kind of had a crush on me. And and she sometimes calls me, but I remember thinking it's like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, like that's pretty inappropriate that a coworker would be doing that. But I didn't, again, give it much clout and just kind of blew it off. And it wasn't necessarily enough for me to question anything. But I just do remember a few of those flags right on. Um, Another sign that I kind of knew things were tumultuous with this ex before, but necessarily not something that I thought I should run away from him from was he had an an ex um, named Joanne and I found a envelope with um, cards and letters from Kevin and Joanne back and forth saying how she was so glad they were getting back together and they were going to make it work this time. And it just, from, from, um, you know, what I found accidentally snooping, it just seemed like they had a very hot, cold relationship. And that I thought that was a little bizarre that, um, he was still holding on to these cards, all these cards and letters. Um, I did confront him about it and just said, I found all of these, like, it, do you still care about this person? Do you still talk to her? If so, I, you know, I, I don't wanna move forward. And he, he, he didn't get mad at me for finding them or reading them. Um, in fact, he said, I'll, I'll get rid of him. And he got rid of all of them and it was never brought up again, ever.
2: After Kevin and Melissa had been dating about six months, she felt like she needed to be clear about what she wanted in life.
1: I said, I really like you, Kevin. Um, I don't know where this is headed. So far, it seems like morally we align on, on everything else. Like we, we have the same interests, etc." Um, I don't want children. I know this is maybe a little early, but I was just like, this is something that I'm adamant on. And if that's something you want for your life, then sadly, we'll just have to part ways. And he said that he was okay with not having children either. And it wasn't a, a deal breaker. So then it kind of seemed the relationship from there, it didn't escalate, but it, I think it became more the conversations were starting to be more direct about you know, what would be next steps look like and what would our you know future together look like?
2: Melissa and Kevin decided to live together. The plan was for her to move in with him until his lease was up.
1: And then we were gonna look for a house together um, in that area just because we really liked it. So that was kind of the first year in a nutshell. Pretty stereotypical, again, no red flags. Um it I really thought that this was wow, this is this was a mature adult relationship that I've been seeking out.
2: In two thousand fifteen, they found a nice house in a good neighborhood. Kevin's father had given him twenty-five thousand dollars for a down payment, which Melissa could not match. So even though they agreed to split the mortgage payments. He refused to put her name on the house. This bothered Melissa at the time, but she let it go and focused on renovating their new home.
1: You know, you end up really wanting to, um, you know, really get in and and make your house your home. So that was really kind of the focal point for those first six months. But in those six months, I also noticed a change in Kevin's demeanor.
2: What was the change?
1: He was really kind of starting to become distant. Um, you know, he would, he just was chucked out. It seemed like, as I was used to say to him in the duration of our relationship, sometimes he was hot and cold, one foot in, one foot out. And I remember I even point blank asked him, are you cheating on me? And he looked up at me like kind of almost like with this deer in the headlights look. At the time, I just kind of chalked it up to... Um, oh my gosh, why you know, had my own girlfriend call me on the table for such an extreme allegation? Um, there was another point in time where I heard his cell phone ting and I just couldn't shake the feeling down. I just couldn't. And I saw a cell phone and it said text message from Lori. And I was like, who's Lori? Because I had never heard this person talk about Lori ever. And I lived with him. And um, Kevin just told me that Lori was... An admin at his job. And I believed him.
2: When they moved to the new home, Melissa's commute to her day job tripled. Plus, she was working at the nightclub on weekends, coming home late and tired. So yes, sometimes she was in a bad mood. Kevin insinuated that their relationship problems
1: were her fault kind of turned around on me like it just seems like you're just always unhappy and then at the time I felt really terrible like oh my gosh like maybe I have been really crabby like I'm sorry I'm tired you know but I still get up every Sunday and deep clean the house and you know I'm still staying active and I'm trying to stay present and you know so I I really did think that it was me and I thought that I had failed again.
2: In 2016, Kevin started working in corporate finance for a big retail chain. He told Melissa that he had to do store visits overnight around his region. She thought it was bizarre.
1: Why would someone who works and is a regional finance manager need to do store, drop in at store visits and it always was at night? And so he gave me some you know, excuse about how it's best to pop in and, you know, stop at the stores and make suggestions when they're not busy at night, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, again, it just, at first I believed him, but then it just started to just seem more unrealistic. But again, I didn't know. And okay. I mean, it makes sense. He's responsible for all the dollars in and dollars out of this region. Maybe, maybe that isn't too far out of line. Um, but I did suggest going to therapy just to try to get his, um, on the same page, especially since he made me think that everything I was doing was wrong. And when, when reality, it was really just gaslighting me and I was just completely ignorant to the whole situation. So we started going to therapy sessions. I absolutely dreaded them. It's it hard to sit in therapy, um, you know, not exposed to someone who with a mindset like this and watch them completely just make you feel like the, the worst person on the planet. And I loved this person. I really did. And, and, and that was what was gut retching to me because I wanted to make it so bad and was trying my darndest and was just being told it wasn't good enough. And then you kind of start to think, well, maybe I'm not good enough for this person or do I need to try harder? And then the therapist kind of started saying that, you know, he was love avoidant and I was love addicted. And it was kind of this, this push and pull and, um, and, and that's kind of in my mind. I believe that was what's going on. When in the reality, um, I really am actually very disappointed that this trained therapist that was charging us, you know, 150 dollars an hour, couldn't spot that this person was a, a narcissist and a sociopath.
2: Still, the therapist was blunt and direct and called Kevin out for his indifference about the relationship. It didn't matter. He didn't change.
1: I am. Um, just kind of to the point where i'm just like i felt like i was walking on eggshells or trying to be the absolute best me that i could be at all times like doing any little thing that i could to make sure that it didn't irritate him um you know down to what i ate for dinner he would claim he clean eat he would sometimes criticize me if i ate carbohydrates and it was nothing it was like micro criticisms right so it would just be like, are you really going to eat that for dinner or You know, you do eat mostly carbs, and then you wonder why your weight fluctuates. But at this point in time, I have shrunk down. My grandma passed away. I went to her funeral, and I've lost so much weight from the stress of this little black cloud hanging over me that something's wrong, but I just couldn't put my finger on it, that my uncle asked my sister if I was on drugs, Um, and I've never had a drug problem.
2: Melissa and Kevin forged ahead. They went on vacation to the Bahamas, but Kevin brought his work laptop
1: and you know, he was adamant that he had to go up to the room and take this take these calls a couple of times during the trip. um I just i I didn't argue. I just realized that, okay, I'm in a relationship with a workaholic. Um also during this time down, a lot of times he would say that he was going into the office on Sundays to. Um, get some work done, that he wasn't distracted. He had multiple monitors, and then he would go to the gym. So a lot of times during this time, every Sunday, he would also be gone for a a decent chunk of the day, usually five, six hours.
2: Melissa sensed that Kevin wasn't truly committed to their relationship, even though he made what seemed to be romantic gestures.
1: He and I had gone to Jamaica in... um, February of 2017. And we were at a port gift shop and he had asked what type of um, diamond engagement ring I would be interested in. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not really sure. And kind of tiptoed around the question because of that feeling that I had, like, this was like, are you saying this to me just to try to pacify me? Like by, by no means is our relationship stable enough to be getting engaged and thinking about getting married, but I could tell he was hurt by that, um, and then he accelerated it again in June of 2017, and we had gone to a large mall and looked at a couple of um, rings, and there were three or four picked out, and he just could tell I was dragging my feet. Normally, any any girl should have been excited. They were they were rings that were beautiful, and it, it was almost hard for me to choose just from a materialistic standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. I didn't want any of the rings because I just, this feeling that that couldn't go away.
2: Melissa learned that her instincts were correct. On a rare night off in August 2017, she went to a nightclub and ran into her guy friend from college. This was when she showed her friend a picture of Kevin and his face fell. It was obvious that her friend knew who Kevin was cheating with. The woman's name was Lori. He showed Melissa her picture on Facebook, the information she had been waiting for. Melissa checked Lori's Instagram feed.
1: She, she was working moonlighting as like a personal stylist, and she had taken a picture of a men's outfit, um, which happened to be an outfit that my boyfriend had worn on our couch in our basement. So that's, that's how I was able to tie her to our home and to him because I knew that he had obviously been lying and he couldn't get out of this lie because he was caught.
2: Kevin was busted. Melissa confronted him.
1: He arrived home. Um, I would say that this was probably one of our most explosive fights. I remember just seeing red like I couldn't just stop yelling at the top of my lungs. I was so furious. I was crying. It was just like all of this stress had come out. I, I asked him who she was and why, you know, he, he lied to me at the time. I didn't know and said that he, she was someone that he used to date from long ago and that she had, you know, since he was a, a bigger guy, he had to have custom clothes. And s- so she happened to be um, starting to work under the wing of his tailor for these custom clothes that he would, that he would order. Um, so we went back to therapy. He had to admit to the therapist that he had crossed paths allegedly with Lori um, six or seven times and that she was someone he used to date and fate had just kind of dropped her in her lap. Um, he was not sorry, he was not remorseful. I remember thinking in my mind like, how is this This person just got caught cheating and lying? The therapist looked at him and said, Kevin, you had an affair and you lied about it and you don't expect her to be upset? Uh, I remember his lack of empathy, and I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, this isn't how it's supposed to happen in the movies. Like, he's how is he putting this on me? It was almost like I just, it was, I I remember in that moment thinking, like, you're the one who did this, and you're mad and hostile? Because why? Because you got caught? You know, that, that, that then and there, Donna, is when I should have just got up and walked away, but I didn't.
2: After discovering that her boyfriend was cheating and lying about the cheating, what did Melissa do?
1: I told him that I needed some time to think about this, that I remember three days after I found out about Lori. um, We had a discussion and I said, if you love her, then just be with her. Do not waste any more of my time. I'm not going to fight for you. Um, He said that he wanted to make it work. Um, and that what we needed to stop talking about others, I would never get past it. And it was three days in and i was standing in our kitchen and he came up and he touched my shoulder or something and because he could tell I was upset. And I said, don't touch me. And he said, when are you going to get over this? I said, it's been three days. I said, I may never get over it. So we decided to corral these issues, talk about them only in therapy. Um, I ended up sleeping in one of our spare bedrooms across the hall Just thinking like, okay, you know, this is either going to work or it's not.
2: Kevin told Melissa explicitly that if she wanted their relationship to go on, she should stay away from Lori.
1: Unbeknownst to Kevin, I had sent Lori a Facebook message, um, just introducing myself and telling her that it had been brought to my attention that she had been dating my boyfriend of three years. Um, I used to look at that message, you know, once a week. Like, did she reply? Did she reply? It was always unread, 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 unread.
2: Melissa's Facebook message went unread for two months. Then she got a response.
1: Um, Kevin and I were out to dinner at a a, a swanky restaurant, and oddly enough, the women's bathroom was down in the basement. So I had gone down to the basement, um, brought my, you know, purse and heard my cell phone ping and looked at my cell phone, and saw that it was Lori, and she had replied to my Facebook message from two months earlier, finally, and she essentially said to me in the message, "Um, who are you? I I don't, you know, like, I don't believe a word that you said. How could you have been with Kevin for the last three years when we've been together for the last two? (laughs) So, um, just, it it was, it was very blunt. Um, It was not, it was not necessarily kind. It was almost like it made me like even angrier, right? Like, no, know, this is my boyfriend. I'm living in a house with him. You know, how dare you call me the liar, you know? Um, it was, I, I was shocked. Um, by the time that I had gotten upstairs to the, to the table where we had been eating, Kevin was furious. He was so angry. He's like, we're going. Um, I remember he just, hastily paid the tab and just stormed out of the restaurant. And I'm walking behind him, trying not to burst out and cry because just to see that and then basically be called a liar and have someone accuse you of, you know, (laughs) I I couldn't handle it. So I got in the car. um, I started trying not to cry and he was getting really angry telling me, just shut the hell up. Just don't start crying, just knock it off. Like speeding through the side streets to get to our house. Like get to our home. I don't know what to do. I don't want to get in a fight, but I'm just like so irritated. I just want to scream. I put our, put, we had two dogs at the time we shared, put their harnesses on them and was gonna take them for a walk and got out to our back alley and had a full blown, a panic attack. Something I've never, never ever had um, prior and have never ever had since. I just think Donna, it was that year and a half of just everything coming out. Um, keep in mind, my family didn't know any of this. Um, very few of my friends, they didn't like Kevin because they saw what he did. They saw he was absentee, and then they—a couple of them—were with when um, I was told about who Lori was, and then that was all over. They, of course, it spread. You know, they—they they didn't care from, but they—they they never really said too much because it was my choice in my life, right? Um, I remember the panic attack lasted about thirty seconds. I just kind of doubled over. I saw black stars, and I remember thinking, "I'm gonna pass out here, right in, right in our alley." Kevin didn't come out to check on me. I don't, who knows what he was doing? Probably trying to smooth things over with Lori on the phone. Lord knows who knows what.
2: Afterwards, Melissa asked Kevin if he broke up with Lori. He showed her a text message that he supposedly sent to her saying, let's just be done.
1: There was a sliver of doubt in me that he didn't cut it off with her. But again, how was I supposed to? How was I supposed to know? Um, Clearly, this woman wasn't going to help me out, regardless, given her response. So I had no choice but to, to believe him and try to work things out in therapy.
2: A few months later, Kevin got a new job and a big promotion. His new office was out of state. And he would spend half of his time traveling. What did this mean for their relationship?
1: He came to me and said, Well, what are we going to do? You know, we're still trying to work through things. I'm like, and I said, Well, I'm not going to go with you. Um, let's just try to. I'll stay in our house. Um, I'll stay with. we had by then. And we, like I said, we had two bigger dogs. Um, I had two jobs in the city. I was making six figures as well. I was not about to quit my job and move, you know to a smaller greater area take a pay cut and and try to make this work um he did tell me that he wanted to see how much the house was listed for so he contacted the realtor that helped us buy it and it it was listed as coming soon just to kind of see what what the appraisal amount was worth um that will tie in later to the story he did that for a reason but um so we I just put my foot down and said, I'm not moving to a high rise. I'm going to stay in this house and we'll just figure it out. So we started a long distance relationship. Kevin said that he was um, going to move into a hotel for the time being until he could find a place. I knew someone in the area that had a basement out for rent. He didn't want to do that. He said, I'm just going to be back and forth. He's like, I'll be traveling 50% of the time. I'll just pay for kind of one of those, Hotels by the the week, which I thought was really bizarre. Like, this person made pretty good money. They could afford an apartment, whatever. I wasn't going to argue. I just was like, thought that was really bizarre, but okay, I went with it.
2: So Kevin came home on weekends, and when he was there, he was attentive. Melissa felt like their relationship seemed to be getting better. But a few months later, in early 2018, one of her guy friends reached out to her
1: a friend came to me and said, I'm coming over to your house. I need to talk to you. And I knew it wasn't good because he wasn't the, the serious talker type. And he walked in the kitchen and I could just tell by the look on his face that, uh, that it was something about Kevin. And I said, what is it, Mike? Just tell me. And he said "One of, that one of our mutual friends um, had run into the same gentleman who told me the summer before about Lori that Kevin moved to the state over with Lori. And that, you know, it was too bad that, you know, he and I must've broken up, et cetera. And the friend was like, uh, so he told this other friend, cause he didn't want to, cause the friend that heard this firsthand is very passive aggressive and didn't want to say anything to upset me. So we, um, I was psychotically calm once again. And I went in our basement and with my friend upstairs and I called Kevin and I said, are you living in this state with Lori? And he said, no. I said, well, I just heard that, in fact, she moved there with you. Is this true?
2: Kevin told Melissa that he was living in a hotel, and she demanded to see his receipts.
1: So, lo and behold, he produced hotel receipts, um, and he just got very angry and said, I'm only doing this one time and one time only. And I felt very, very stupid Um, I figured maybe given Lori's kind of crabbiness to me and maybe and maybe she was bitter or maybe this was a nasty rumor. But there he was. It was hotel receipts that he was paying on his credit card that matched from, you know, 50 percent of the time. So for a year and a half,
2: Kevin and Melissa continued their long distance relationship. Then Kevin said he was tired of living out of a suitcase He wanted to get a new job and come home.
1: So then he decides to move in and everything is, you know, hunky-dory. We kind of said that for 2020, you know, we were going to work on focus on each other. He sent me this long text message about how he wasn't happy and he was going to do things in 2020 that made him happy, whether it be with or without me, that we needed to spend more time focusing on fitness goals and, um, you know working on our relationship, and I said, okay, that's fine. That's something I can do, and and he made it sound like in the text message that he just wasn't happy with his life, and I was part of the reason why, and I just kind of was blindsided a little bit, but said, all right, well, well, we'll make it work.
2: Melissa came home from bartending at a concert one night to find that Kevin had bought her flowers. The note said, thank you for trusting me. He was meeting up with some new friends that he'd made at the gym, which Melissa thought was a good idea.
1: I thought that was great. I I agreed. I thought he needed more of a social life outside of me. Um, I just thought it was just going to be healthy for him and his mental health to get out and meet some new people. So I I believed him.
2: But shortly after that, Melissa's trust
1: was shaken again. We were going to go to this really nice steakhouse that I had gotten a gift card because I'd won a contest at work for and he laid down and I was rubbing his back and he was on the couch. And we were t- I'm like, oh, you know, we better get going so we, you know, have reservations at seven o'clock. And I was itching his back and I saw something in the waistband of his pants. And I pulled it out and it was a long, long, long black hair. And I don't have long, long, long black hair. Like the hair was like almost down to my waist if you held it to your scalp. And I looked at her and I said, whose hair is this in the waistband of your pants? You got really mad, of course. Oh, you know, oh my gosh, like, you're crazy. Like, I don't know, my clothes were on the hotel floor. Um, You know, this is ridiculous. I just, I can't believe that after I'm back from a long day work trip, you want to start nagging me or have a fun Monday night plan. What's wrong with you? This is the Type of crap I can't put up with. This is why I didn't want to be with you. This is just like what you used to do with Lori. Like you can't let stuff go. I can't do anything. You're so suspicious of every move I make now. Just lit me up. Um so I let it go.
2: Then COVID struck and the world shut down. They were living together again, but Kevin encouraged Melissa to go visit a friend who lived a distance away and spend the night. He also ramped up his own social life.
1: He started spending more time at one of his friends' house, who's a super wealthy man, lived in like a $6 million home. So he had a home gym, so the gyms were closed. So he was said he was going over there to work out, um, said I might spend the night there because we're going to you know, have guys poker night. Okay, whatever. But it just seemed he was making excuses to be more social and gone, more so than he ever had been in our past relationship ever.
2: Finally, Kevin decided that he needed some space.
1: The end of April 2020, we're still in full-blown pandemic mode. Kevin comes to me and says he needs a two-week separation because he's not happy and he needs to figure out things. And I was very befuddled, and I said, is it something I did? Is it COVID? He already hated this new job. He was super stressed. He He said it was just all the above factors. He just said, I don't know I'm not happy. I just need to decide what's going to make me happy and if you can make me happy. So I reluctantly packed a suitcase. What I thought was going to be a two week stint at my uncle's place. My uncle lived on the lake. That lake that we eventually wanted to move to um, was about 25 minutes from our home. So I packed a suitcase. Um, I also took with me something that I had listened to my mother it was a bag of receipts every time that we had something done to the house every upgrade every repair I put into a plastic bagged receipt that I kept in our safe under a bunch of papers so I went to the safe I pulled that out I took that my laptop bag and reluctantly went to my uncle's house to live Um, I showed up there um, as a 37 year old during the middle of this pandemic where the world was locked down, completely lost. I, he was getting his boat ready to put into the lake for the season. And I just walked up to him and just started crying. You know, he just gave me a hug, he didn't say anything. And, you know, I was thankful that he took me in so I could at least have a safe place to stay, you know, be around family, at least be able to be out in the outdoors and nature and around the lake, you know, during this difficult time.
2: Kevin was the one who wanted to figure things out, but he asked Melissa to leave their home. How did she feel about that?
1: I was gutted, like I was confused. Um, I I was suspicious. I was just, I, I mean, looking back, Donna, like I can't believe how desperate I was, like I that I really wanted to make it work, that I was bound and determined to let him do this to me to show to him what a good partner, and I was going to give him some space. And in my mind, if I had done that, that everything would be okay, and he would have me come back to him.
2: Even though Kevin essentially threw Melissa out, he still acted caring and generous towards her.
1: Some of the listeners may think like, oh my gosh, is this person absolutely crazy? But you must remember, Kevin was really good at breadcrumbing me throughout this whole relationship. Heaven would buy me Louis Vuitton wallet, a Burberry purse, Burberry rain boots, Lululemon leggings. He bought me flowers sometimes just because sometimes even like throughout our whole relationship, he would sometimes text me like, love you lots or, you know, kiss the dogs for me. Or are you excited for me to come home from my work trip? I'd be like, yeah, I am. I'm excited to see you. So it wasn't like he treated me like garbage the whole time. He was pretty good at You know, I I mean, I shouldn't say pretty good, but good enough at kind of distracting me or, or, you know, saying the right things at the right times. Because there were times that I were really sad, Donna.
2: While Melissa was away, Kevin continued to reach out to
1: her. During our separation, that first day when I got to my uncle's, Kevin was already texting me, did you make it safe? You know, so I'm just thinking you're the one who threw me out of my head. Like, you know, where he lives. Like, of course I made it safely. Like, so then I would hear from him during this separation. How's your day? What are you doing? Did you sleep? Okay. You know, send me photos of our dogs that were still at our house with all my clothes and all my belongings and all the, the hours that I spent painting and all the, the plants that I had you know, spent time to plant and nurture and take care of, to make our house a home. And that was all there. And I was just living out of a suitcase. Um, And it just became very obvious that he was needing more time than two weeks. And how long was it really going to be for me to put up with it? Um, By then, we're now in therapy for a second time with a second therapist. And it just seems like Kevin is even more checked out than usual. Um, We didn't really start going to therapy until like July of 2020. But a couple of times, um, Kevin would... You know, we would get together for dinner, we'd walk the dogs. He even had the audacity to ask me to come to uh, to stay at my own house and babysit her own dogs while he went out of town for two different trips. And that really kind of did not sit well with me. Like I'm just thinking, he said he was going to friends' cabins to get out of the city, but that was something he had never done. And so then I just knew in that moment, like after a couple of months, like you're lying to me and I'm gonna catch you. Like I had finally decided that this was enough and I was going to get my revenge on this monster. Um, and that's kind of where the story really starts to get crazy.
2: I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. Be sure to listen to part two of Melissa's story, where she describes how she held Kevin accountable for his lying and cheating. If you'd like to listen to these podcasts without advertising, please become a premium subscriber. You'll also get access to expert interviews on important topics raised in the stories. And you'll be invited to join my weekly Love Fraud Live Zoom event for subscribers, where you can ask questions about your own situation. Did Kevin try to get the therapist on his side?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think at times, actually, he was indifferent. And he, I think he actually sometimes irritated the therapist, the therapist, I mean, she, I, I appreciated her from a, an aspect that she was very blunt and direct, right? Um, I think that's kind of how I like to handle, handle my, you know, affairs. If I have a conflict with someone is just, be direct, talk about it, apologize if need be, and move on, so I did appreciate that, Um, there were times I felt actually that just from her body language, even though therapists are supposed to be neutral, that she would almost get angry with him at his indifference, or his just like, you know, like then why are you in this relationship, you know, so it, it wasn't necessarily that, I mean, I could tell that it was almost like she was getting, you know, she would kind of call him out um, as much as she could within the, re- the realms of being neutral.
2: True Love Fraud Stories is produced by LoveFraud.com. I'm the author of LoveFraud.com and the researcher for this story. Engineering is by Terry Kelly. To learn how to recognize and recover from everyday sociopaths, visit LoveFraud.com. And for more information about this story, other great stories, or if you'd like to share your story, visit podcasts.lovefraud.com.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.